Bisexual icon and uh, LeVar Burton knows my name. Wow! I know, I'm shook. This is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. What's up? Well, we're supposed to plug our new book. Oh, yes, we have a book coming out in July. It's called Please Send Help. You can pre order it now. It is a sequel to our first book, I Hate Everyone But You, a New York Times bestseller. And it was it's a young adult novel, but now this one is not young adult. Well, they're they're in their 50s and life's getting tough. <laughs> no, they're 22, fresh out of college, exploring the world for the first time. Yeah, as same characters, following those characters. I would love to write a, a trilogy and the last one is their fi- in their 50s. Oh, yeah. I've pitched to our editor that it's like it's ongoing and like the seventh book is like the retirement home politics. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I it was like Harry Potter, but they're aging four years at a time rather than one year at a time. Oh, yeah. This is exactly like Harry Potter. (laughs) We have the same size fan base. (laughs) People cannot get enough. We're also um, going on tour. Yes. So we will be uh, going on tour Boston, L.A., San Francisco, Francisco and and New York. York. The week of July 15th. On Monday, July 15th, we will be in L.A. at the Barnes & Noble at the Grove at 7 p.m. Then on the 16th, we will be in San Francisco at Books, Inc. uh, at Opera Plaza location at 7 p.m. Then in New York, we will be at The Strand, which uh, is awesome. Uh, and that's at 7 p.m. And then in Boston on the 19th, we will be at the Barnes & Noble in Harvard Square at 7 p.m. Another I love that everything's at 7 p.m. Yeah. If anything's like planned after 7 p.m., I'm not interested. I was hoping there would be some matinees. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> love a good afternoon activity. Yeah, so that I could like go see the city at night, like party a little bit. No, those days are behind you. No, well, I don't know. When was the last time you partied? I went to um, Chapel, which is the lesbian night at the Abbey. Oh, wow. When so, was that? Like last week. You don't tell me a lot of stuff. That was a, I posted a photo from it. Keep up with me. Oh. I'm, <laughs> I, I really don't keep up with my friends' social media because people post too much. Yes. If you post more than like three stories, I'm out. Oh, you don't like the little dash, 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 dash? No, like I'm, I'm not just out for that day. I'm out for eternity. You know, like, I don't trust you as an Instagram user. Yes, you know when people do that? When? Concerts. Oh, yeah. Do not post your concert. Well, I wasn't there. We do sometimes when we I'll go see our punk. I'll post one. Yeah, post one. I'll post one. I don't, I wasn't there. I don't care to see it. I I don't care to see almost anything. Other <laughs> than Juniper Fox, which is my favorite Instagram account, which is this lady who owns two foxes, Juniper and Fig, and also a chinchilla, and like three snakes, and I just learned today a gecko. Okay, so that woman is posting content you care about. Like, when I see that she's uploaded something, I get excited. Like, ah! I, I now understand what it is to stand something. <laughs> you you stand Juniper Fox? Yes. Wow. Like, I can't recommend this account more. It is so informative. I learned so much about the animals. She's also playful. You get to see, like, a lot of their interactions. It's really beautiful. Do you see the woman or you just see the animals? Uh, you never see the woman, really. 
So you, she's, you see her hand a lot, okay. but like, and you hear her voice, but you don't see her face. So this woman has figured it out. No one cares about you. No one cares about her. Just post the animals that you love. Absolutely. Or like, here's my thought. Okay. I think people are over seeing people on Instagram and they just want like animals or memes. That's all I've ever wanted. Uh, okay. Was I ahead of the curve for once in my life? Yeah. Because I like people I'm a fan of. I do like seeing pictures of them, but I also am like, but but do something in them or, you know. I'm I, over content. I'm over content, she said, on a podcast where she talks. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. No, I want to go on tour so bad. I'm really excited to tour. Oh, with the book? Yes, because I want to go. I want to meet, like, the fans. I feel disconnected. I need to— Well, that's your depression. I, it is my depression. But I need. I just need to hold their hands and stroke their hair and see them. Yes, that's perfect. And I'll bring the Purell. <laughs> We have a very exciting episode for you guys this week. We have the amazing Jamie Denbo, a podcast favorite, coming up for Tough Questions. We'll also be talking about how to be an ally to the LGBTQ community. But first, hit it! International question! International question! International question! Not pizza! South Africa. So jarring every time. It's jarring for me, and I'm the one doing it. It's it's like it's almost like punk rock in the sense that it's like not on beat and loud and <laughs> screaming. I feel something ignite within my body while I'm singing it. Okay, so here's our international, actually very international question. Mm -hmm. Dear Allison and Gabby, my name is Nabisa, and I'm from South Africa. I have a short question. Should you keep pictures of yourself and former significant other on your social media after you've broken up? Hope to hear you answer this on the JBU podcast. Well, it's your lucky day because here we go. Oh, my God. Do you think she's so excited right now? I hope she still listens. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you have a strong opinion on this, which is you've said if they break up with you, you're allowed to delete all photos. But if you break up with them, you should keep it. I've said that. You said that to me. I don't remember half the things I say to you. And I feel like you go home and write them in a journal. You say it with such confidence that I believe you. <laughs> and I go, oh, my God, she's really insightful. She's really said something. Well, that sounds like a good, that sounds good to me. My whole feeling is like. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I think that what's most important is your own self-care. Mm -hmm. And so if seeing those pictures of your ex is triggering and it's like not a fun memory and not something that you want to have to revisit or see on your page or associate with anymore, delete them. Yeah. But if it was like, you know, you broke up with them or it was mutual or you're like on fine terms and it doesn't and it doesn't bother you to have it up, keep it. I have found, though, that if I'm trying to figure out if two people have broken up, I'll go to their social media and I'll see if they've deleted all photos of the significant other. And if they have, I know they broke up. Oh, absolutely. Who doesn't do that? Well, I think it's like a little it, it is almost a it's a fuck you to them uh -huh. to delete all the photos. And it's also like lets other people know that you broke up in a subtle way without being like we broke up. I don't think of it as a fuck you. I think it of as I'm hurting. Like if I were to break up with somebody and like I didn't care about them, then I can keep their photos up. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So the person that Allison has photos up of, she didn't care. No, I mean. Uh, your face right uh, now. I'm bright red. Your face is so upset. Please help me. <laughs> But I, I will say all three of my my last three ex-boyfriends all have photos of me still up. So they, they didn't care either. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Ooh. I um I delete here's the thing though. After I had a breakup, I delete one breakup, I deleted all pictures of him. He deserved it. But, Continue. I, but I 
now that I'm like over it, sometimes mm-hmm. I want to go back and like um, show, like just be like, oh, this picture from this thing and like show someone and then right. I'll be like, oh, I deleted it. But like that's I, what's hard is when you feel like you you you're also losing a ton of memories. That's the problem. Like you can't go back and revisit that day because they were there. Yes, that's the problem. That experience, they were there. Or I'll be like, uh, or I'll be like, oh yeah, like I used to date a guy. Oh, you know what? I have a picture. And then I'll be like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a little, um, because because then it's like I forget whole swaths of my life. But this is why I really think this is one of those questions that's completely situational. It feels, though, like eternal sunshining. It feels like you're not owning up to, like, what your past was. Or but what not- if this guy, like, completely broke your heart and, and it's also a woman and, <laughs> and like— Wow, this seems pointed. And, like, you know, like, they—and you don't want to look at their f- stupid face. I haven't deleted pictures of my ex. I, and I'm, I think that shows maturity, but also, I don't know. She did—I she, don't want to say. Did she, she delete she, you? No, she blocked me. She blocked you? I unblocked her and then she blocked me. It's a real cat and mouse game. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. So much of a broken heart is just figuring out how to get through the day. And if getting yeah. through the day means that you have to block them, fucking block them. Yeah. If getting through the day means you need to delete their photos, delete them. You can always potentially screenshot and save them in like a folder on your computer that you don't need to look at all the time. Yeah. If you don't want to like lose everything. Yeah. But if you don't want it to be on this like major social platform that like you probably look at a lot, mm-hmm. then do it. Or if you just want when new people look at your profile when you're dating they, that you seem single. Yeah, that's crucial. I think you got to delete. I think I, you got to delete. But also, I do, I do feel regret about social media deletions that I've done. Really? I feel no regret. Really? Yeah. I don't feel any regret about it. I, um, I feel like my life now and who I am now, they are not a part of that. So you, you don't want past stuff you only want people to see you as you are now and like they're not part of I feel like I'm also in a new relationship Mm -hmm. and that person is my my whole life yeah they're like you know like I don't need that oh well you had an ex who had pictures of himself and his old girlfriend up the captions were like lovey-dovey yes and I did not like that and you were because it's hard for you to go okay he's like in love with me in a different way or like this is a, its right. own special relationship if you can see they did like the same birthday post for a girl three years ago. <laughs> yeah, so I, I asked him to delete them. But a lot of my behavior looking back, like it was all because it wasn't the right relationship. Yeah. Like a lot of me like acting out. Yeah, or like requesting things or like making demands. Like it was because it wasn't the right fit. Mm-hmm. And like I think when you're with the right person, you're kind of like, yeah, do whatever. I trust, yeah. I trust you. This is I am I'm confident enough in this relationship that I don't I don't need to like micromanage your past before you even knew me. Sure. Yes, exactly. I did slightly obsess a little over like photos of of old like my current person with old people. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like in a way of of definitely I definitely had like one time where I was sort of scrutinizing like how happy did they look. <laughs> And um, I'm not a jealous person. I was just sort of being like, okay, how happy do they look in this? Like, I don't know. And also uh, there was one really awkward thing where I was dating someone and it was like a bit public. Like people knew us together. Mm -hmm. And the little – if you're this person, you're in big trouble. A couple fans like went and commented on a picture of him with another girl and were like, you should take this down. You're with Gabby now. 
Oh, like an old photo? Yes, of him with his ex-girlfriend. Oh, wow. That's really weird. And I was like, "You so you didn't like that I did that? <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> but what about what about pictures just on your phone? Like what about not on social media, but on pictures just like on your phone that you have of them? Again, like I think it really depends on your relationship to that person and, and what feelings seeing those ignite in you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's, like, a chance where you can, like, you know, you can maybe give it a couple weeks and see how you feel. And if, like, those feelings have died down of, like, anger or regret or mm-hmm. sadness. But if, like, it's – if it makes you feel yucky, get rid of it. Yeah. You can I, also – I'm, like, a huge proponent now of, like, if anything makes you feel yucky, see ya. You can also archive posts on Instagram so they're not deleted. They're just archived. Oh, wow. Do you and, work for Instagram? Yeah, I work <laughs> I'm Gabby Instagram. I'm from the Instagram Air family. Um, here's another question, a tough question. So we're ahead of one segment. But um, what about uh, sexy photos, sexy time photos of the person? Do you delete them? Oh, that you post online. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to Reddit with those. <laughs> Um, I don't ever receive them, so I have never had oh, this problem. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've deleted. Um, there was one I kept for way too long, and like, oh. and then I was Would like, you look at it a lot. No, I looked at it one time, like months after we had split, and then I was like, oh, I don't feel great about this. So then I got rid of it. I think okay, if, if I'm the Supreme Court and I'm ruling either in favor or not in favor of this, I rule delete. Delete nudes. Delete nudes. Yeah. Delete a boudoir photo. Yeah, I think so too. Even if you're like... Especially if it's on your social media. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's to each his own. You know, If, if it makes you feel bad to have the photos up, delete them. If you don't mind and you like the memories, keep them up. Um... If your partner has photos up, I think it's within your rights to to discuss it and to see their point of view on it and why they still have those photos up. And and I, I my kind of rule of thumb is like if they're going to have photos up of their old person, they need to then also have photos of you up. Figure out what works for you. And even if you feel like it's stupid and petty that you need to delete it, it is about self-care and putting yourself first and doing whatever you need to do to get through the breakup. I hope that was helpful. If you want to submit your international <laughs> question, Send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Now stick around because after the break, we have tough questions with Jamie Dembo. And it's going to be nasty. Sorry. Just between us, it is time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough yeah. question. Don't interrupt it. Oh, sorry. I'm, I, I'm ramping people up. Okay, go. Say what it is. Tough questions. Okay. Thank I, you. Today, I believe you. Oh, wow. It I depends on the day. <laughs> it depends on our guest. And I think that our guest will answer literally anything we ask. Perfect. <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic. Uh, please welcome Jamie Denbo, comedian, writer, and host of the podcast Beverly in L.A. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here, Jamie. Thank you so much. I'm a very big fan of both of you. Well, mostly Gabby, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mostly Gabby because I'm very financially insecure. But I have done research, Allison, and I am a fan of both of yours. Yeah, what, what was it about Allison's story that resonated? Um, because I think 
if you are on paper as a person with what would be classified as a functional family, mm-hmm. you yourself join the chorus of judgment that you believe everyone is is in and looking at you and saying, but it's but it's fine. I mean, your your parents are together, and I mean, you're an only child. Like you did really well. I mean, I know that you're not an only child, but like you grow up in a certain socioeconomic way, you grow up in a certain educational privileged way, and ultimately you are still a fucking mental mess. Yeah, you're and, not allowed uh, to have mental illness. Correct, and and you spend a lot of your mental illness soaking up energy trying to beat the shit out of yourself for being mentally ill or being or being depressed or anxious or whatever it is. Well, pick, pick your poison, but those are mine. So I think that is something that I sort of feel that I relate to. I could be completely projecting, but I mean, I know that you have a great relationship with your dad. I know Gabby has a great relationship with your dad. <laughs> um, and I, you know, my relationship with my parents is extremely complicated, but again, on paper, looks pretty idyllic. So, Where are you well, from? It, I'm from uh, Swampscott, Massachusetts. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you brought up your parents because you are our first parent that we've had on the show. Oh, wow. Yay. What a segue. Yeah. Good uh, one. So I think, you know, Gabby and I, we've talked on the show about about motherhood and if it's something that, that we we're interested do. in, what the pros are, what the cons are. And so what well, what pushed you over the edge? What made you decide to do it? I think I, I, I have to say, like, so much of this – probably is generational because I think I'm at the tail end of the Gen Xers where it was like, well, and then you have kids. Like there was, mm-hmm. a, there. if I had had the time to really fucking think it through and discuss it and really, I mean, it always seemed like something that was definitely going to happen. Really? Uh, yeah. And I, what's funny is I don't think of myself as someone who doesn't, who goes along with convention. That doesn't make sense to me. So it is a bit odd. Um, obviously, the miracles is the greatest thing I ever did. But, but <laughs> you don't have to say yeah, that. That's the miracles. They won't listen. To yeah, they, they might. Here's the thing: they're very savvy. They found <laughs> some stuff already. It's super weird. But I also don't care. Um, I um, what pushed me over the edge was I think it was like, well, do, you know, shit or get off the pot, and yeah. so I did. And I were you married at the time? I was married at the time. Again, super con- like I, I, I. There's definitely something. In this generational thing, I, I, have you guys heard of the silent generation? This is literally what they're now called. Gen call- X? No, that's what? me. Silent generation is the ge- generation just before the boomers, okay? Oh, okay. My parents are in their early 80s. I mean, my dad's in his early 80s. My mom's in her late 70s. They just missed the fun of being a baby boomer, like oh. the fucking drugs and 60s and all that great stuff. So they are the last, like, responsible, like, we're going to go ahead and make the American dream happen. Like, it's not a fun generation. Right. In some ways, I do think Gen X, in terms of relationships and freedom of thought and progressive evolving definitions of relationships and families and what they look like, we're sort of the last the last before it gets a little bit more loose. Yeah. I definitely look at the millennial generation and I'm like, I want to – an open marriage like it <laughs> looks awesome like I'm gonna have one kid with one guy and another one with one guy and then we all share and sometimes we don't and that looks amazing and it feels very normal to me it actually feels like it would work but it's not the situation I set up I got married I had kids Gen X was very like still in that thing of you you own a home you get married you have kids and you're gonna be a functioning yeah. member of also, society you could like the middle yeah. class still kind existed. of existed. Like yeah, now it's it just like financially. It did. John kind Hughes. Of John Hughes made it very clear that that was <laughs> perfectly attainable if you were a white person in Chicago. Yes. So, um, yes. I mean, for me, it it made sense. And listen, it has worked out for me. Mm-hmm. I I but I 
I definitely, and I'm, I, listen, I, I make jokes about my kids and how much I fucking hate them and how my son is an absolute demon and he is, <laughs> but I, it really is the greatest thing that ever happens to you. It's, there's something very chemical that happens. And I'll be honest with you, up until the moment the babies came out of my body, mm-hmm. I was not interested in that. <laughs> I wasn't interested. I'm, I'm st- I wasn't interested in hearing about other people's kids. Don't care. Still don't want to hear about other people's kids. Who does? Nobody. I'm bored right now. I don't blame <laughs> you. <laughs> I, you should be. It's super fucking boring. And I remember the minute, like, as soon as I went into labor, the first thought I had was, okay, got to pretend this is interesting. Like, I, wow. I really was like, and now the boring part starts. Like, I have to start, like, taking care of a baby, which seems... It, t- tedious beyond tedious and boring and then something very chemical truly happens and it's the same thing that happens i hate to say it with your pets it yeah. happens with your dog your dog is the most interesting dog in the world to you you will fucking pick up your dog's shit yeah you don't care what it smells like you love your dog it's there is a chemical reaction that's why i think you know it, it, same thing when you adopt a baby mm-hmm. it's like this is your baby you become obsessed and you become really into it and it does happen i'm not saying that it doesn't remain boring in many ways <laughs> but there are ways to deal with that that's why medical marijuana is good with your history of of mental health um were you afraid of postpartum yes i was and i actually to my OBGYN, i said do i have to go off my lexapro that's what i'm nervous about and he said no he really? said yep i know you can stay on zoloft you can stay on you can stay as well. drugs are great now here's what he said he said so i said what is the worst that can happen if I stay on my antidepressants. And he said the worst thing that could happen, the worst thing is that your baby will have a tiny sign of withdrawal. And I said, well, what does that look like? He said, they'll shake for a few minutes. Oh. And I said, that's it? And he said, yep. Like the day that they're born? I guess. Wow. And then you start breastfeeding a steady stream of Lexipro right into right. them. <laughs> oh, and yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But but they don't they don't suffer from it. No, I do not believe that postpartum depression is worth the risk. It's if you weigh the risks, it is much riskier to risk postpartum. I, so you which think I won. Gone off your meds, hundred percent more susceptible. Absolutely, to it? and I didn't have it, and I credit the modern medical establishment with that. I get nervous about um, passing on bipolar disorder, which yeah. is a whole a whole thing. Because I think my I think it wasn't diagnosable, or people didn't want to diagnose it. So I I am speculating that my mom's mom and my mom. Yep have it and I'm like well what a grand tradition we have going on it's a, here it's a legitimate I mean listen there's no question that right. my grandmother was a fucking basket case mm-hmm. my mom is an unchecked depressive and yeah. an unchecked anxiety ridden monster however what you can do is change the blueprint around all of those things and you can arm your children with uh, a supportive life that gives them the the ways to take care of things. It, it, you, they, they come into this world with parents who are aware of their disorders, which is not what I had, and right. I'm guessing probably not what you had. People, you see signs, you address I had that. it. I was very lucky. Did you? Just another shout out to my family. Copy that. <laughs> so yeah, they were they were aware, right? So yeah. they're there for a support system. And it's like, and they don't regret you being born. Right. You know, and neither do you regret being born, I hope. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I look for it. For sure, in my kids. Um, and uh, there's definitely heightened sensitivity. My husband is on Paxil, has been a lifer. I mean, we're, we're definitely – but I also want to say that, like, these are the minds that work in extraordinary ways. You know, yeah. I mean, let's be very clear about mental health. I don't want to glorify it. I don't think 
Van Gogh is a great example. I think he, you know. Oh, how, a lot of it ends in suicide. <laughs> right. And it should not. But, but, but I think when it's managed, what you do is you wind up getting these healthy creative minds. You get people who, who know how to uh, pass on the good and the bad, you mm-hmm. know, mostly the good, hopefully. What was the discussion like with your husband? Like at what point did you, how far into the marriage did you decide to have kids? Was it something you talked about before you got married? I mean, we definitely talk about before you get married. Listen, if you're going to get married, it's going to be something you talk about. Otherwise, why do you get married? I got, <laughs> I mean, I, listen, there's a lot, I, I think about this when I'm looking at the generation behind me and I'm like, why are any of you fucking, if you're not going to have kids, like what's, why, unless you just really want to party in a registry, like, okay. <laughs> that's but, like, I think that's people really enough. do. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, it's like, uh, listen, I, there's, be, there's financial reasons to get there's married. Financial and reasons. there's also in terms of like medical care, being yeah. able to be there, and person. ceremonial reasons. Right. Listen, when I didn't, want, I was in the midst of wedding planning. I remember my, it was my mother's wedding. That's the wedding I had. A lot for wedding. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I remember just throwing my hands up, and being like, "This is a fucking waste of my parents' money." Because who am I kidding? Yeah. And <laughs> I don't want to do this. But my husband looked at me and he was like, "Look, I'd like to get in front of." all of the people that mean something to us and several dates that we'll never see again. <laughs> um, and and say, we're a family now. Yeah. We right. belong together. This is now a family that you relate to as a unit. And yeah. I was like, well, that's beautiful and cried and said, okay, fine, we'll get married in a wedding, big wedding. So we knew we wanted to have kids. I did not know when. I really okay. didn't. How old were you when you got married? 30. Okay. And we wound up waiting four years. And and actually, it was really, it was the baby fucking boom. I mean, it was like everybody in comedy who maybe, maybe you know, maybe you don't. But like, I remember like Andy Daly's wife got pregnant, J- Matt Walsh's wife, like all these comedy it was people. In. It was the time. It was. Like Amy <laughs> Poehler was having her baby. Like all these people were having babies. And I was like, oh, fuck, I guess, fuck, I think maybe it's, oh boy. And it can take time. You know, then you start getting the paranoid like right. internet Going like, you're going to fucking, it's going to take you a while. It, I was very lucky. It did not. I thought, maybe we'll have a baby. Pregnant. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Um, that's so rare. But I, I, yeah. know, I, I also think that there's a sense of, of stress on your body. Yep. And if you are obsessed with the idea of getting pregnant, I think it can be a bit harder. I have to say my observations of that are, you are dead on. Yeah, like if you're more like, we'll see what happens. Like your body is more chill and it's... That's like interesting. A, I would know. love to see science on that. There's bet, no science on that. No, That's I just feel my like speculation. <laughs> but but there, there's got to be because everything works be. better when you're relaxed totally. and not stressed out. If yeah. stress is the opposite and fucks with you. Because there's proof definitely that like once people adopt, they then get pregnant. Oh, so, all the time. Yeah, like that's, that's a, a like that's a known thing. Yeah, interesting. I I'm also curious about like the getting married to have kids element of it. We got married because that's what we did. Yeah, like, people got married. Um, and yeah, it was kind of just how it was. But I do feel like things have shifted, and I do think it's for the better. How many of those um, weddings were first marriages that are now done? A lot of them. A lot of them. See, that I feel like in that fact that we are, you know, neither Gabby or and I are engaged yet. We've just waited out our first marriage. That's yeah, what yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just... But I, again, like, I don't mean to sound like your generation. <laughs> but your generation is doing it differently. You're more thoughtful about these things. You're make, you're allowing room for, like, take backsies. Like, a little, it feels right. like everybody's, like, which, by the way, don't let that keep you from being impulsive and doing oh, things. nothing is going to keep me from being married. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, you want to get married? That's interesting. Oh my God. This has been our running like difference since the begin since for six years. Is Allison wants nothing more to be married, and I think it might be a nightmare. Well, I have two things to say about marriage that were passed to me. Number one, I can't remember where I heard it. It might have been my therapist. But if your marriage is good, fifty-one percent of the time, stay in it. 
Yeah. 51. I that's believe all. that. Okay. That just made my stomach drop. But that's any relationship. It applies to any relationship that's long term. Long term. We're talking long fucking term. Why don't you just be by yourself so you're... So your time is 100% great. Because I'll oh, tell yeah, you you're what. having a great time, Gabby. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, it, you're by yourself because, crying every fucking day. <laughs> listen, because because ultimately what they say is that those 60-year-old marriages, like the 60-anniversary marriages, like those people are fucking healthier and happier and longer. I don't know. I have no proof of this. Certainly okay. not in my yeah, own life. Humans, been proved by science. I understand humans need There you go. That's right. Our local our science, I'm our resident scientist, Alison Raskin. Doc, doctor. <laughs> doctor Alison Raskin. Um, the other thing that was told to me and actually was told to my friend on her wedding day by Uh her mother. Her mother, she was, uh, her parents were divorced when she was two. They remarried other people. And her mom came to her on her wedding day and said, listen, some days you are going to fucking hate him. You're going to hate him, hate him, hate him, hate him. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to hate the next one just as much. (laughs) And she was like, great. But Ah! if you think about it, it is an impetus unless it's abusive to stay in it a little bit longer than maybe she would. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if we've, as kids, learned to stick it out through stuff that we shouldn't be sticking it out That's through. Because you, you've you seen my relationships. I tend to stay long past the expiration date. I would not say long past. Lo- no? I'd I mean, say, I mean, to me, I put lo- up with to a me lot. long past is years. Yeah, well, I don't think you do years. What's very interesting is I think bringing it back to the parenting thing yeah. is like, you have to stick that out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it does put into perspective once you have kids, it does make you a lot more judicious about about and discriminating about like mm-hmm. friendships. Yes. And yeah. time wasting and bullshit, which is kind of an awesome side effect of having kids. Yeah, you know, it really is. You, prioritize you, you start prioritizing. You prioritize your marriage because mm-hmm. that's like, oh, this is fundamental to being a good parent. Is like having yeah. a good relationship with my partner. Yeah. So even w- if you're if if it's if you're separated, but it's not necessarily it's not abusive. It's not whatever. Yeah. It is important to get along. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And it it makes you it, and the energy that that can take, particularly in a bad. Like in a separation or something like that. I hate when the one parent shit talks the other parent oh, yeah. to the kid. And I would see that a lot oh, with my it. divorced friends, like when I was in high school and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. I, I think people make the worst is when they're like, I would never do that. And then you hear them literally doing it. And you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you record your kid, it. You're your doing kid it right now. can internalize. Like your kid will have opinions on the. 100%. Pa- yeah. It's just like, ugh. 100%. In the theme of tough questions, do you feel like you've made any big parenting mistakes? I'm sure I have made some big parenting mistakes. Um, you get the kids on for that question. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, you know, uh, it's hard to say because they're not fully developed yet. So right. big, huge mistakes, I will wait and then I will be able to be like, oh, that was a fucking misfire. That was mm-hmm. a bad idea. Um, I can tell you some of the riskier things that I've done that so far I feel good about, but again, could backfire hugely. Uh, I swear a lot mm-hmm. in front of my kids. I It's like, fuck that. I, I can't. I, I've given up so much. I'm not giving up my fucking trucker mouth. <laughs> fuck that. And when they are like, mom, fuck you. I was like, nope. I was like, when you are 18, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Uh, but yeah. I have earned my yeah. fucking fucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I love to tell kids that it's actually illegal until you're 18. Uh-huh. I say that about yep. Um The other, speaking of scaring kids and telling them in, bullshit, I have lied. I have told them 
anything that they put on a screen that they it can be screenshot and posted on a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. And, so and they believe that they now don't believe it, but, <laughs> but, they, but they have believed it enough to the point where I hope it's in their brain where their friends like we should shit talk uh, Caitlin and then fucking send it to Sophia. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I hope you remember that that could be on a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. That's so, actually great. Yeah. So I've tried to scare the shit out of them, swear in front of them. I let them watch a lot of inappropriate things. In yeah. fact, it, I— my, What ages are they? Nine and 11. Okay. They have seen all of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. They know what period sex is. They know what— um, But that's not bad. Sex stuff, not bad. I, that's what I, I think. think. See, I think that, too. I Normalizes. Keep, I agree. I, I think once they're smart enough to ask the questions, they're often smart enough to hear the answer. Yeah. My feeling is, too, is, like, it. so much goes over their head right. that if they're not processing it— but. I, why I originally did that was because, and again, like, my priorities might be a bit fucking weird, but when you are in comedy, you don't want your kids watching horrible shit. And there's so much horrible shit out demographically targeted for children. Sure. Nickelodeon, Nick Live, um, all that Disney Live shit. You know, I worked on those shows. I fucking hate all that. I really do. I think it's so dumb, and I think it dumbs down, right? Yeah, and it doesn't impart a lot of good no. lessons. If you want to watch comedy, watch Friends. They won't understand, but they'll hear comedy rhythms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You'll hear the comedy rhythms. You'll see funny women. You'll see funny diversity on those, on not yeah. on Friends, but, you know, I mean, uh-huh. you'll you'll get to see that, like, there's shit that's sophisticated. It's like how I learned comedy from, you know, watching... Well, I'm in syndication. It would have been Three's Company, which John uh, John Ritter uh, taught me everything. Three's I know. Company was my favorite show. It taught me everything about sex. Oh it my taught God. me everything. It was hot. It was I titillating. Think- it was funny. John Ritter. I wanted to put him inside of me and swallow him with my whole body. <laughs> Am I polyamorous because of Three's Company? I think we might be. I mean, Probably. it's like that. I loved that. Loved, show. loved, loved, loved. No, and because nobody progr- wanted to fuck Janet. Oh, um, and it was a progressive show. Yeah, huge. And oh just like God. Ralph, Ver- like. But also, the other thing, comedically, Norman Fell was the only one who broke the fourth wall. Like, the nobody on the show, he would occasionally, like, you'd say something and he'd just look in the, look in the in camera. Look in the camera, gym style. Yeah, or like Bob New- Like, but it was bonkers. It was yeah. just like, nobody's doing that, so what world are we in? Oh Love that show with all my heart. But, like, it did, it, what I didn't understand until I understood it made me perceptive of real comedy well it's like talking to your kids in a regular voice and not in a baby voice correct so and so smart. we don't do baby voices so right. that's sort of like i've taken that to another i do think it is working out i think my kids have a sophisticated form of comedy but i also think they run the risk of being inappropriate and saying inappropriate things sure. so i've had to sort of like limit that that's tough with really great hip-hop too can't yeah. play real great hip-hop because fuck is okay and words not okay right. so like Drawing those lines has been difficult because then it's like, oh, that's different. Ah, uh, fuck. Here we go. Slavery. But, you know, you know and then it's like, you get into those important conversations. I agree. That you. need to know. And they're not sheltered. They're not avoiding no. it. No. Speaking of, of not sheltered, I'd like to invite you into our next segment. Oh, boy. Called Hypotheticals. Ooh. It is a game show where I give you hypotheticals, you and Gabby. You pick your answers and then I tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Do you know this game show? I don't. It's, oh my god, you're about to die. It's hitting the airwaves hard. Okay, okay, people, I can't wait. People are fans. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. So these are all scenarios Allison has thought of. I haven't seen them. So okay. these are brand new for both of you. So Got I'm it. playing. I'm a contestant. Okay, great, great, There's great. There's different versions of hypotheticals. Do we take turns or are we going at the same time? At the same time. Got it's it. A, it's a free for all. There's no buzzer, so I feel really out of place. Well, because you won't win. Got, um, got it. Got it. <laughs> our first game is called Would You Stay With This Cheater? 
Okay? Oh, fuck. Here we go. Your significant other of 10 months confesses to getting a happy ending massage, but didn't know it was that kind of massage until it was already happening, and they felt bad rejecting it. Also, their masseuse is their brother. Would you stay with this cheater? (laughs) So, okay, there's always a twist. Uh, I was 100% yes until the brother. I know. I mean, that's the obvious answer. Yeah, I know. But there's going to be another twist, right? Oh, shit. No, look, I mean, you want to support your family members and their careers. Oh, is that true? I don't know. Oh, my God. We're pro-sex work on this show. We are pro-sex. Is it their... Is there has their brother come on to them before? No, no. What did their brother know that it was their brother? Yes, yes. Okay. Was the brother masseuse? Uh, was the brother who came in? Were they role playing as other people, perhaps? No. Then that sex play. This is just a regular a massage. massage. I understand. I'm still one. I'm still hoping there was mistaken identity. And and why? What was the Look, the guys, masseuse's have, have motivation? Have you guys ever been going somewhere, and but you're on autopilot, so you just go home <laughs> by accident. <laughs> That's what happened to the brother. He truly went oh. home. Okay. Well, then I, yeah, then yes, you stay with that cheater. No, I gotta go. Oh, wow. You're that checked out? Who's evolved now, Jenna? <laughs> Turns out you've been having an affair with the brother, and now you're brokenhearted because they both cheated on you. Oh, my God. Well, see, I said there's a new twist. That wasn't a twist. We all saw that coming. Is it cheating? We? All right. I Is it cheating it if, you're, if you're both sleeping with a brother? Is it cheating if it's only 10 months? That's, oh, yeah, wow. I think so. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been, oh. I've been with my husband so long that everything sounds fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, someone's like, I can you, I got a thing that was like, can you do a shout out to my girlfriend of eight months? And I was like, why are we celebrating nope. month anniversaries? Hell, fuck that. No. Uh-uh. Squash. Yeah, you say that until you're in your next relationship. We're celebrating month anniversaries. How have I ever celebrated month, month anniversaries? Month anniversaries. Month no, I feel like I have in the past. Yeah, you I just, have. I, you know, I don't have a lot going on. Okay. <laughs> Our next game is called Is This a Date? So you'll decide whether it's platonic or romantic. Okay. You show up to a study group and only one person from your group is there. Everyone else canceled. They are wearing a lot of cologne. Is this a date? Now, did everyone actually cancel like in a group text or you get there and the person says, oh, everyone canceled? Everyone canceled in a group text. Okay, so it, it, they did not think, but once they knew it was just you, they put the cologne on. Mm-hmm. It's a date. Uh, I think it's a date. They have a crush on you. I don't know if you think it's a date, depending on you fe- how you feel about them, but they have a crush on you and they did that in order to be like, oh, I'm going to see them to study. I'll just be a little attractive. Yeah. You guys are such narcissists. <laughs> this person was just going to go to a party afterwards. What? And now you have made a complete fool of yourself <laughs> so wait, at a study group. Why did everybody cancel? Because there was a big party. <laughs> that you were not invited to? Right. You're all, you're a loser and a narcissist. So the, the date person is the only nice person who made you feel like maybe, maybe they should be there to tell you you're not invited to the party. No, they didn't even tell you about the party because you make a move on them and they're like, whoa, and they get out of there. Now you're out of the group and you're going to fail the test. Jesus (laughs) Christ. So think through these a little bit more. Wow. I plan to. Wow. (laughs) And now this is on theme with our episode, our final game. Are you a terrible parent? Oh, here we go. Yeah, Jamie can do this one. Yep. Your child is afraid of ghosts, so you have a fake Ghostbuster come to your house to get rid of all the evil spirits. But it turns out the Ghostbuster angers the actual spirits in your home, and they murder the Buster in front of your nine-year-old. Are you a terrible parent? (laughs) 
I say, 100% no, you're not a terrible parent. That's not your fault. They've witnessed a murder by an evil demon. But it's not your fault. You didn't know. You couldn't have predicted that. This goes back to the conversation we were having. They get the chance to learn about ghosts and the real danger that they inflict. And you learn about ghosts because I don't think you, you hired them to be fake. So I don't think you thought that ghosts were real either. Okay, so but it's now, not your you've fault. Un- now you've unlocked something and every day you think you might die. No, you're going to move. No one yeah. said you weren't going to move. Financially, not a possibility. So well, you have to stay? This is 2019. With a, with a, you have to stay with a murderous ghost? Yes. But wait, and the, your kid knows it now. The, ghost- the plot of the Babadook. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Wait, my dad did this. So I was scared of lizards and I'm from Florida and lizards are everywhere. They live with you. In your room, yeah. in your, everywhere. And so my dad made, took an aerosol can and wrote lizard away spray on it cute and then he would I had to sleep with it by my bed so I could spray the lizards away you know what he's a genius that's a lovely move I know but it was a lie yeah. the person <laughs> at fault for all of these hypotheticals Ronald Reagan I agree with you I agree I think that's our first consensus on hypotheticals <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Jamie. Uh, Where can we find your work? Uh, American Princess is the show I created. It is for lifetime television for women and everyone uh, on June 2nd, on Sundays starting on June 2nd. And then Beverly in L.A. is on Stitcher Premium. I love Lifetime, and I say that sincerely. If you watch the uh, Becoming Royal or whatever the sequel is to the Harry and Meghan uh, saga, they should be running some promos during that. Ooh, very exciting. Thank you so much. Uh, I've learned a lot about what to do and what not to do. Epidurals. (laughs) Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about how to be an ally to the LGBT community. Just between us, it's time for topics. X X X X X. Uh, each week, we pick something that's important to us that we can dive into. And this week, I picked how to be an ally to the LGBTQ community. I can't believe you picked this. Why? I don't know. It's just like heartwarming. Oh well, you know, we <laughs> asked our we asked our listeners, you know, what they would like us to discuss, mm-hmm. and I I went through, and there were a lot of great suggestions. But I think this is something I've I've often wondered. Oh yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think you've you've taken a real character arc. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> I think I think there was I think it was just an unfamiliar world to you, like when we first became friends. Yeah, because I'm not queer. Right, and then and then it's kind of like become like you you said that story about how um, your grandmother was like something like how how does Gabby have two parts something like that, and you were just like, oh, polyamory, get with the times. Like you've all of a sudden become this like person who it's been very all this stuff has been very normalized to you Mm -hmm. and you joke that like i'll tell these stories and you'll be like over it (laughs) (laughs) that's more about your sexcapades than like yeah but just like that things won't fade like things that you would otherwise be like weird and you're kind of like oh yeah of course absolutely and i you know i think that that's that's the whole thing right i was listening to another podcast um what our main rival this american life and (laughs) (laughs) coming for you ira glass and uh there was this interview. It was, it was an interview from 2000 because, honestly, they don't make new episodes. They just air repeats. Oh, really? That's my big ticket, This American Life. Uh, JBU, all fresh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're never going to air a rerun. You can count on that. No one wants it. Um, <laughs> and this woman was talking about how uh, a gay couple moved in next door to her in a Chicago neighborhood. And, and they were her husband was really homophobic. And they she 
kind of was too. But then they got to know these people, and they were really nice. And so now they're okay with gay people. But you know, if if an African American person moved in next door, that would be trouble. Oh my god! Keep in mind that was from two thousand, and, and not nineteen forty-seven. Um, and so I think that that brought up a huge thing that's true about people is exposure. Exposure and actually knowing people who are different than you. But here, yes. But here's the thing. It is not the job of those gay people to be nice to you for you to like them. Like that goes into this whole thing of like model minorities where it's like we should be nice to the straights because we want them to like us. The the real show of being an ally is being is is like is supporting the group, even if they're not nice to you. How would you even define an ally? Uh, an ally is someone who's not from that group, uh, who does work and support s- supports that group. So you you do have to like do the work to educate yourself, and also like be involved in in projects or things or show up for you know the people that are of that group. Fight so, fight for their rights. Fight as for well. their rights too, because sometimes it, it's usually a person who like has more privilege. So if you have more privilege, you can use that privilege to advocate for people that have less privilege. Mm. Unfortunately, because people will listen to you more. I think there's. I think you should identify yourself as an. It's a tough thing. It's really tough because there's a, a different. There's also people who like you identify as an ally and you like make that a big thing, and then people are like, "Do you want a medal?" Right, like I often feel like conflicted about certain stuff where it's like, okay, so it's pride and Mm -hmm. obviously I like support pride and I like, you know, I have tons of friends who are LGBTQ, but like, is it my place to tweet about pride? I don't feel like it is. Oh, I think you could retweet other people or you could a lot of times with with stuff with regard to race, which I don't have a a personal experience with. I'll retweet people Mm -hmm. that do have experience with that. So giving Uh, giving voice to people who are actually part of that community. A huge part of being an, an LGBTQ ally is uplifting the voices of queer people, of of retweeting queer people, of like, let you know, if like hearing them out and letting them speak or, uh, you know, I think like not centering your own experience, like not being like my experience is normal. My experience is the only thing like being like, oh, no, like this. Uh, maybe I haven't considered this perspective. And then if someone says something to you or or, or tweets something or whatever that you don't immediately go, oh, well, that's wrong because I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be like you have to step outside yourself, which people tend to have a hard time doing. But it is just a lot of empathy and a lot of like. Willingness to go, oh, you know what? I don't know that and I've never experienced that, but or I'm interested in hearing what your experiences have been. So let's say like potentially, you know, you're living in Alaska with five people in your town. Sure. Is there like resources that you would recommend for people to educate themselves so that they're not actually asking a person to explain it to them? But there's like a book or a movie or something that you think content that already exists. That's a way to to learn more about the queer experience. Sure. I mean – I mean, it really depends. I don't know because there's like mainstream stuff like Call Me By Your Name or like I was just watching The Birdcage last night. (laughs) But like, is that an accurate depiction? No. Maybe. I mean, for some people, maybe. A lot of what I learned about queer people when I was uh, in high school and like uh, just trying to be like, I don't I have to, 
you know, I have to figure out what this life is like because uh, I knew that that I was queer. I watched like Queer as Folk and The L Word, mm-hmm. which is just beautiful people fucking in pools. Like you can't. Well, like, who says no to that? I know, but you're like, well, that's not an accurate depiction, really. There's books. I mean, I love Eileen Miles. I think she writes a, lo- a lot about, um, she writes about, about loving women in a way that is like very uh, unapologetic. Um, I think there's like tons of of queer authors. I loved reading Stone Butch Blues when yeah, I was in Leslie college. Leslie Feinberg. That was an Stone, excellent book. Stone Butch Blues is great. Like that was something that like explored like the inner politics of of lesbianism mm-hmm. in a way that I think often isn't explored. It was like very like insider knowledge. Yes, yes. I mean, Which I is think interesting to know. I think a lot of people get their depictions of gay people from like modern family or you so know maybe the way to be an ally is to find content created by queer people yes created like, for and pay, yes. pay for that content support that content recommend that content yeah um and support and support it and and watch it in a way that's like that's like you're not you're not i don't know because i i, I uh that you're not like saying like what a weird other experience that you're kind of like, because I think people think, well, I, I can't watch this stuff because I'm not going to relate to it. But you loved the L word because you love drama. I did love the L word <laughs> because you just related to drama. Like, yeah, a human- but you know what? I didn't like Jenny. Oh well, <laughs> wow, hot takes, hot takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is tough because I could say something and then like another queer person would be say something totally different. Um, but I think in terms of like not relating to stuff, it's like we watch things that take place in other countries. Of course. Or we watch things that take place in other time periods. Of it's not course. like you're only watching something that is exactly your experience. Oh, of, I mean, people are like, oh, I can relate to this elf in this movie. Totally. But like, God forbid, I, I think a, a lesbian rom-com is relatable to me at all. <laughs> I think supporting them finan- like financially by buying content, yeah. by paying for their content, um, I think, uh, you, retweeting, I, retweeting. I think you could also tweet happy pride. I think that's lovely. Okay. There's like a few, I guess sometimes I don't want to feel like I'm monopolizing being an ally. I don't think you, where I, I'm like throwing it, you know, where I'm like, I'm so great at being an ally. Look at how much I'm an ally. If you're, um, aware of that, then I think why not? If you're aware of that, then you're, then you're 10 steps ahead, I think. But also like. There are going to be, right? So, like, I would be like, that's totally fine. There are going to be people who are, like, annoyed. For instance, I'm thinking of there's, like, a, a a gay guy I know posted, like, happy lesbian visibility day. Like, I love lesbians. And some, and some people were like, oh, thank you so much. I feel so seen. Yay, I love this. Like, thank you. And other friends of mine privately were, like, annoyed because mm-hmm. they were like, they were like, okay, like, so, like, do you even have any lesbian friends? Like, are you just tweeting that for, like, privately, friends of mine were annoyed. And I was, and I didn't really, I didn't feel annoyed at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I'm not a lesbian. I'm bisexual. And also. Wait, what? All right. <laughs> Six years running, baby, on this bit. <laughs> but Does like. not get old for me. But like, I, I, you're going to run into different opinions on how to be an ally from different people the point is if your intentions are good and if and if someone like if if someone is not nice to you from a group 
they don't represent that whole group. And you that's not an excuse to be like, well, I tried. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it. Because I think a lot of times people will go, oh, well, and it happens a lot with race where it'll be like, oh, I'm, I support black people because this black person was nice to me. And then the minute like a random happens to be black person isn't nice to them, they're like, well, I tried. Like, fuck all. You know what I mean? Like, there's this thing. So it's like, I don't like the idea of, if you're exposed to uh, a bunch of queer people and they're all nice to you, like then then that's how you become an ally. Cuz I don't think we I think it's like y- you you either support you support their rights and their like you don't like Dave, Wait. but you don't want Dave to not be able to get married. Right, you either support equality or don't support equality. Exactly. And I think that that's really where it comes down to and you can't piecemeal it person by person. Exactly. You you can't like and and also it's not the job of the other person to like of the marginalized group to like cater to you and be like please like me here's (laughs) here's a cupcake like I shouldn't have to like beg for the approval of straight people and the other thing is is that there is a thing where like where like a lot of times allies will be like well they just want what we want you know and it's like what about the gay people that don't want what you want are do you still respect them do you still are you are or are you like I don't know about slutty gay guys or I don't know about les like you know what I mean? Yeah, I think again like you just gotta blow it out and you gotta be like, do you support humanity as a whole, right? As being equal or do you not? And like you can't, and it, it's like as black and white as that. You can't, and then, it can't uh, just and, be the ones you like, and then you just apply that to everybody. Yeah, it can't just be the the ones from that group that you like. It that's being a true ally is being an ally to the people that you from that group that you don't like. And I appreciate how much that you've taught me over the years. Allison! I, you know what? I, I knight you. You can tweet about pride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's that special time when we bring our producer in to rate the episode. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, John, what do we think? Um, okay, I'll go with the rating first. Please. I'm thinking 9.5 out of 10 hearts. Hey! Oh, okay. Yeah. Hearts, hearts, hearts. I, I feel like the hearts fits in in a few different ways, you know, talking about allyship, talking about social media, talking about, you know, Instagram and whether you're getting off, you know, your um, your exes on there and all that. I want to go into that, like, in terms of photos and all that stuff. So, How do you feel about it? Uh, <laughs> I was telling the other – the fellow producers on the show that I um, am very much um, delete the photo or untag, delete, and block. That's like my Whoa! thing. Wow, you do a block? Yeah, I do a block. A that, hard line stand. Even if yeah. it's like a, even if it's like a mutual good terms breakup. Ooh, actually, you know, you're, that's the that's where it ends up just being a uh, untag. Okay, which is probably just a straight untag. But you'd keep it. You just untag mm. them. That's the would weirdest I keep, thing would I, to like, me. You mean would I keep it like personally? No, no keep, like it you keep it posted. I'll keep it posted on your profile. Um, I guess it depends on what kind of level. Like, if it's someone I dated just for a couple months. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably lean toward untagging and then maybe deleting it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm pro delete. You yeah. don't need to explain yourself. No, 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 no. no. Wow. I'm very much like it's. It, I know it's a case by case basis, but maybe I'm primarily just like get rid of it all. Scorched earth. Yeah. Just, wow. I didn't evolved. see that coming from you. <laughs> I know. But then again, you are blue. Yeah. And a Gemini. <laughs> and a Gemini. Oh, yeah. There we so, go. So I mean, look, I need to get all that uh, that negative energy away from me. What so. is your birthday? It's coming up. Yeah, June fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. Mine's, mine's first. We know, honey. <laughs> uh, Gabby, how would you rate the episode? I would rate it. Um, I would rate it a a four point six 
out of five roller skates. Okay. okay. So cool, an cool. uneven amount of roller skates. <laughs> yes. Um, one person is roller skating barefoot. Sometimes I like that we talk about topics and I'm figuring them out as I'm talking. Mm-hmm. So like for the for the Instagram stuff and for the LGBTQ stuff, it was like I, I had feelings about it, but I had never articulated them. And so like I I am articulating them for the first time, which is maybe not great because it's it's, you know, a nuanced show with a fan base that is demanding of perfection and social justice. But uh, I do think that I it's nice to figure things out on the air. Yeah, this was definitely a show where I I had I knew less. Yeah, I didn't know what the right answer was to a bunch of things but you we know talked what, about. You know what that is? Brutal honesty, as we wow. promise in the at the top of the show. We know nothing, <laughs> and that's what we promised you. It's also growth. There you go. <laughs> that it's that gif of Natasha Rothwell saying growth, growth. <laughs> which I use all the time. Did you learn anything from us learning stuff, IRL? Yeah, a couple of things. One, going back to the opening the intro and you talked about you're talking about Instagram and people posting stories and you and I think Allison you might have said you just get annoyed when people post a bunch of different times Uh and you'll completely write them off does that mean that you will um, delete them block them just unfollow unfollow them no I just always scroll past their story got it okay because I know that they have a very low bar for what they're willing to post (laughs) so now we're that we're judging people on stories. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I'm yeah. only watching Juniper Fox. <laughs> well, we've always fair, said fair, that fair. we that we would the amount of people that we would be like, oh, you're so normal to meet you in real life, and then when you see how they behave on social media, you're like, you're a psycho, and I can't be friends with you. Uh, true. Yes. True. A lot of people's social media presence, myself included, is very obnoxious. <laughs> I'll put myself in that box too. Mm-hmm. And then they meet you, and they go, oh, they're they're cool. Like you. you do you physically see people get anxious or uh, excited to, to meet you and not know how to approach you? Like when you're at a book signing or just even in public? Someone on Twitter just said that I'm intimidating in person. Hmm. I don't find – I don't think I'm intimidating. No, I don't. I would so. say so. They, But I guess – I you know what? People used to say that when I was like more yelly on the YouTube show oh, and yeah. I think it was because they thought I would yell at them. I, I thought you'd yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, that's why you've never approached me? Yeah. I, I have yet to look Gabby directly in the eyes. Well, it's in my contract that you're not allowed to. Oh, my gosh. And uh, one other thing. Was there any, like, takeaways from Jamie's interview that really uh, struck you in terms of how she was talking about generational differences? It's uh, always a relief to know, you know that, like, when it's your kid, it's different. Mm. Because I think I've always had a fear, like, oh, no, what if I have my kid and, like, I don't really care about the kid and then I'm just stuck with this kid. Right. Like, I'm, like, when she, like, related it to how I feel about sugar, I was like, oh, I can handle a baby. Because <laughs> you just love them so much. Yeah. yeah. I loved her lie about sun- the, bu- the billboard on Sunset Boulevard. I think that's genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> genius. I have another friend yeah. who's a parent who told – he was like, oh, the best thing is you can just lie to them about stuff and they'll believe it. Yeah. They don't <laughs> have any way to verify it. They're a child. Right. Until you know. I learned to read, every time I got a fortune cookie, my parents said it said, be good to your mommy and daddy. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's incredible. Wow. Pretty good. See, oh. my parents just told me if I didn't hold my breath when we went past a cemetery, I would get a ghost inside me. <laughs> and that's the difference between good and bad parenting. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jamie Denbo, for being a guest. Just Between Us is hosted by... Me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our killer theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. 
Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. John, I love your sweater. Oh, thank you. Stitcher.